Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Of course, the, the big headline news here is the $2.5 billion, with a B, partnership between Apple and Major League Soccer that will put it on the streaming platform, another streaming service with soccer, just what everyone wanted, uh, starting next season for the next decade. So I think that, look, we've got a really good primer that Sam Stasekill and Paul Tenorio put together. That went live within the last hour. If you missed that, I highly recommend you check it out. There's some new details in there. Uh, that had not been reported previously uh, that you will want to know as you're, you know, kind of figuring out how you're going to digest Major League Soccer over the coming decade. (laughs) I think that the first thing I want to say is it's just kind of crazy to think about this agreement being 10 years long. Um, And by the way, there's a chat function. So I think subscribers are able to use the chat. If you want to just drop questions there or what you would like to see, what you did like about ESPN Plus, what you didn't like, what you missed about MLS Live, if you're OG enough to remember that, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, feel free to do that. And then, of course, subscribers, you can request, I believe, to speak as well. So the first thing that stood out to me about this deal is that it's a 10-year deal. Um, And that's something that... I think is kind of surprising just given what the the landscape of sports media has been like over, let's say the last five years. Um, It's hard to project where any uh, league is going to be in 10 years, aside from maybe, you know, the national football league. Uh, And so when you're looking at Apple deciding that this was worth investing in $250 million per year, um, it's a significant undertaking. It really is. Uh, Philip. Hey, um, so a few months ago, people thought uh, Don Garber was out of his mind for saying $300 million a year. But it's looking mm-hmm. like with this Apple deal and then possibly Fox and ESPN that it will be at $300 million or over $300 million a year. So what's your thought on that, that, you know, kind of Don Garber's delivered a pretty good TV deal for the league? Yeah, I mean, it's a great way to frame it, Phil. And, and, and first of all, I mean, uh, great work. Right. Just for, for the people at the at the league who were able to pull this together and be able to get it to a price point that they saw um, as desirable and necessary, frankly, for the growth of the league. Uh, it took a couple of things. Patience, I think, was one factor here. I think that the longer this dragged out, a lot of us and a lot of our sources uh, across the American soccer landscape saw it as a reason to be skeptical that this deal would come through uh, to the extent which Don Garber and the rest of Major League Soccer had hoped. Um I think that there are a couple of other market factors, though. I think that you've seen recent rights deals over the last six months or so for the Premier League in the United States. You've seen kind of a reassignment of U.S. soccer's rights as well, which changes the calculus in terms of, okay, what is it worth to be showing soccer uh, on a streaming platform in 2022, much less the coming years? Um, Apple has been looking for its avenue into live sports, not uh, fictional Uh, you know, (laughs) content about soccer, but um, an actual living, breathing game. And frankly, MLS is a value play. If you're looking to have live sports 
uh, on Apple TV, it's going to be more affordable to get MLS for $250 million than to get, say, an entirely comprehensive package of the NFL, of the NBA. Um, you know, it, it's advantageous in that sense. I think that there's a built-in audience. I think that Apple will also look and say, by getting a global rights, they're able to, you know, expand their viewership of Apple TV+. Plus. Um, and look, I, I think that another part of it is as other you know, streaming offerings were falling off or other over the airwaves were kind of questioning, looking at the ratings, Apple looks and sees an opportunity, you know, and maybe they can look and say, if we give this much money, we can improve the product just enough where, you know, it becomes worthwhile uh, to be investing in this. Look, it's still a number that you know popped off the page for me. Um, not necessarily something that I would have expected, say, 48 hours ago. Um, but Again, given the patience that MLS had to kind of uh, turn the heat up under the seat of Apple and other bidders and uh, the vision of Apple and what they hope will be uh, a unique way to draw people to their Apple TV Plus platform, um, I think both sides are pretty happy with this. Terry, we got it figured out. What's going to happen to uh, to the French-speaking uh, people or following the CF, CF Montreal? Since yeah. Because they- so, so are they going to present some 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 games in French? Because uh, there are a lot of people don't have access to Apple TV, and they mostly watch on cable. So this is my main concern. It's an understandable concern, and you know I think that you framing it as a CF Montreal question is entirely fair because I don't think that there's another team in the league that would have as uh, you know devoted of a French speaking following uh, as Montreal would. Uh, Already, there are plans to have specifically CF Montreal in French language coverage. Uh, There are already three languages that are the immediate focus, English speaking, Spanish, French. And there's talk that they will have Portuguese speaking broadcasts ready by at latest the 2025 season. So that would then help them get into more European countries, but also get them into Brazil. So it's an area of need. There are still talks ongoing with TSN. Um, whether or not they'd be able to have a, you know, a French language telecast, simulcast, that is, um, you know, remains to be seen. And then, look, their local partners, you'll be able to do a, a feature that I think is interesting. Obviously, one of the main points of contest already is that the local broadcasts, the TV broadcast, that is, will be going by the wayside. However, there will still be hopefully local radio, depending on the market. And in those cases where there is, say, a, a local commentator, um, you know, speaking whether whatever language, uh, there is going to be a feature reportedly uh, are reporting. <laughs> there will be a feature where you are able to switch from the national telecast, the whoever MLS has assigned to this through Apple TV Plus, and switch to your local radio commentary. Now, I, I, look, I'm a AFC Bournemouth fan. I had to watch some uh, coverage through iFollow. They do a kind of similar thing where you can either watch the base level commentator or you can switch to a local one. When it's a local one, sometimes there's a couple seconds of delay. So it's kind of weird to see a goal unfold and then hear about it two, three seconds later. But, you know, it's imperfect, but it's better than not having this. Jonathan. Jonathan, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, excited for the league, but I'm just curious about how how uh, will Apple shoot this? I mean, Fox, mm. I think, has the best coverage. I mean, I think they do the best uh, job shooting uh, matches, uh, and ESPN's starting to catch up. Uh, they still right. would frustrate me about their cutaways and all that stuff. 
Right. I, I, I don't know. I haven't been thrilled with MLB on Apple, so I'm just curious how they're going to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Uh, at this stage, uh, Major League Soccer will be handling production, and so they will likely be uh, you know, having to quickly pull together production units, either working with existing uh, companies that do this sort of, you know, you buy a production. This is very prominent, actually, in college uh, and professional hockey, where uh, I don't remember the name of the company. It's based out of Madison, Wisconsin. But essentially, you you buy, you rent a package. So you will have a sideline reporter, possibly, if you need commentators, you will. Of course, MLS will handle this with somewhere between 10 and 16 commentary teams handling all of their calls. But then they also do have camera crews. They have the equipment. They have the production vans. They have the quick editing. Um, all of these things where, you know, MLS would be able to look at games that some of the companies have done with the United Soccer League and the lower divisions. Maybe they like, you know, the, the features that they have. And then, of course, they would have better camera placement in many MLS stadiums than you would find in some second and third division stadia. Um, so it, it will be handled in-house. I completely agree with you, though. Your mileage may vary depending on where you are currently watching, not just Major League Soccer, but any soccer match in the country uh, in terms of, again, how quickly are they cutting away? Are they actually showing you the run of the play? Or are they weirdly stuck in a replay when there's a counterattack going on, which is one of the most frustrating things about watching soccer on television? Uh, I completely share your sentiment on that front. It sounds like it's something that MLS is going to handle themselves rather than Apple. Not sure how that differs from Major League Baseball's partnership with Apple, but you know, time will tell ultimately how that's going. We've got a couple of people here. Let me... Uh, Hop in the chat here because that's been uh, popping off. <laughs> um, let me see. Will it eliminate regional blackouts? Zachary, this is my favorite question because, yes, it will. And let me tell you, it's been a pain trying to cover the team in my backyard. Um, Minnesota United, I'm based out of Minneapolis these days. And uh, it is incredibly frustrating when you are unable to watch because Bally Sports North is not playing, or Bally Sports in general is not playing nice with streaming services. Like I have YouTube TV, for example, as a consumer. And then you go to ESPN Plus and you're unable to watch as well. Those will be a thing of the past. National blackouts will also be a thing of the past. So think you're on ESPN Plus, you want to watch a game that's on big ESPN, Fox Sports 1, uh, ABC, whatever the case may be. It's hit and miss. You're not able to catch any of the Fox productions on ESPN Plus. You're seldom able to catch the ESPN and ABC productions. That will no longer be the case under the new partnership. Um, will you get Apple TV with this? Uh, great question. Who knows? Um, look, it, it's up to you. And it's not part of Apple TV Plus. So think when you when you watch Ted Lasso, that is a different subscription. How this will work is there's going to be an MLS specific subscription. Think MLS Live if you were a fan of the league before 2018, where you would get a league wide package, either pay by the year or pay by the month, whatever the case may be. It's unclear if they're going to have a different price point if you're only interested in your local team. If you're a you know, Quebec and you only want to watch CF Montreal. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to pay at a lower fee than, you know, the entire league-wide bundle, but it will be different. It will not be the same as if you were just trying to stream movies, stream TV shows, whatever you have. Um, production quality, I would guess that you will see some familiar faces in terms of the, you know, on-air talent, in terms of the color commentators and play-by-play there will be some who have been local in the past or maybe have been, uh, you know, kind of B or C options for when John Champion and Taylor Twelman are doing another game and you would see some other commentators come in who weren't usually on ESPN's feed, for example. You will see some familiar faces from certain markets, uh, and I would guess those will be announced in the coming – well, they have to be announced in the coming months, right? <laughs> Otherwise, uh, 
What's the point of this whole thing? So, uh, yeah, Apple sees demographic from Hugh J. And I think that that's a pretty good point, too. Look, TV ratings for Major League Soccer, it's a punchline at this point, right? It's, it's, a, it's a point of contest. It's a point of hand-wringing. Um, you don't see many games get praised for the audience they draw over the airwaves. So this is something where for Major League Soccer, streaming services are notorious for not announcing how many people watch their games, right? That's almost a good thing. It takes the conversation away from how many thousand people watched your game and why was it so low compared to uh, Corgi races that showed, you know, concurrently on ESPN News. Uh, instead, the conversation is about the game itself. It takes away probably a little bit of the knack or the knock against Major League Soccer if that's not part of the conversation. For better or for worse, that is a good thing for them. What does this mean for future expansion? Um, I think 30, well, they're going to get to 30. It's probably going to be Las Vegas. I think my first thought, my cynical first thought was Apple as a tie-in with Ted Lasso would launch a team in Richmond, Virginia, call them AFC Richmond, the Greyhounds, whatever. And uh, that was part of the deal. Probably not, of course, but maybe that would make some sense too. Um, isn't it the most popular sport under 34-year-olds? Yep. Um, yep, it is. Uh, what happens to the local commentators? Uh, again, it's kind of one or the other. Either they've been notified, thank you for your services over the years, um, best of luck with your future endeavors, or Major League Soccer will come in and bring them into the fold as one of their 10 to 16 commentary teams they have involved. There's also a chance then that if a team has a good following, you mentioned uh, Kendra DeSanabin and Callum Williams up in Minnesota, I think Philadelphia with JP Delacamera and Danny Higginbotham would be another pairing that immediately comes to mind as being well-liked among their own fan base in Philadelphia. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if then a team says, look, let's move you to the local radio affiliate. Yes, it's not the gig you're used to. You're going to have to talk a lot more. <laughs> but um, you are still part of this. And then your fans could switch over to the audio track of their preferred commentators if they don't like the national coverage. Reese, how's it going? I'm, uh, I'm bringing oh, you back. Hey. Thank you, Thank you so much for having me on, man. First and foremost, first time, first time. And uh, I, uh, I am a season ticket holder for Charlotte Congratulations. FC. Congratulations. Thank go. you, man. I got in on the ground floor with the boys. I am thrilled for an expansion team. They're playing hard. Coaching changes aside, I'm so excited say, about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that whole Mar disaster. And right before the international breaks, we had two weeks mm -hmm. to sort of ruminate on it. But, you know, listen, big win against Red Bulls. They're a tough team. We played against them well. Look, I love that the acknowledgement of the season ticket holders is there. Free access to the coverage. But this is so great on so many levels. From a price point standpoint, what MLS is offering people, both season ticket holders and just a casual fan that might want to go see a game, it, it's, the, it's the best value in professional sports. This is just going to grow the game. I, like the fe my fellow soccer mm -hmm. fans who are out there, we're not just competing with other sports. We're competing with the internet, with Xbox, with streaming. Right, Apple, yeah. Apple TV is going to expose our product, the thing we love, the thing that we've been on, you know, in, in with, to, to an audience that's going to say, oh, wow, hey, look at this. And it's just going to be good for the game. I, I'm so over the moon about this. I'd heard the, the you know, the the rumors that Apple TV was was looking to do the deal, and I had my fingers crossed. I'm, you know, I'm not a media expert. You are. And when the news dropped today, I thought this is just going to be so great. I'm, I'm already an Apple TV person. I've been watching Ted Lasso, and it's fun. And and now I just, you know, 
Now I've got my, all the home games, all the away games for my boys and all the other home games, right? Just the way I want it. Yeah. And I'm just excited for the league to grow with this partnership. Man, that's good. And uh, by the way, this is one of the reasons that I love expansion teams is that their fans uh, haven't quite gotten as jaded <laughs> as a lot of other fan bases in this league, not to name names, uh, is necessary. I think it's important. And I think that it's something that is only a good thing. Um, and look, I, I think that that's, uh, that's a good way to frame it, too. Look, if you're a season ticket holder, what a what a perk. This is probably better than any scarf, any coin, any anything that your team has likely ever given you in your season ticket package. Again, no offense, but you don't get free streaming access to the entire league to watch every home and away game, usually when you open that box and you see what comes with your tickets. Uh, that's important. I think that it does help to sustain an audience, and that is also important. You don't only have fans then who are going to be more inclined to watch the games on a streaming service if they know when the game will always be. By the way, another very good part of this deal, fixed match times, Wednesdays and Saturdays only. You're not having these weird, like tonight, for example, the Seattle Sounders play the Vancouver Whitecaps. You might not have known that, uh, but they're randomly playing on a Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Central Time, 7.30 local. So, you know, I think that Gary Stevenson... Uh, an executive at Major League Soccer said that they've already had 63 different day and time combinations for games played. And we're only, you know, a third, just less than a half of the way through the season. Uh, having a fixed time helps sustain an audience. There's a reason people like the Premier League. You wake up at whatever time, 10, 9, 8, 7 in the morning, and you can watch the, you know, the, the mid-game slate, if you will, for the league, uh, the NFL it's a rite of passage. I mean, central time zone again. So noon, you're going to get your first kickoff. Three, your next kickoff. Sunday night football starts at 7.15, maybe. Depends how long the pregame show is, right? But if you have those fixed times, it's easier for you to build an audience rather than getting all these emails from every single MLS team if you're a media person like myself saying, hey, we moved our game in August. Kickoff is going to be 30 minutes later. You're going to completely forget that and you'll show up at the stadium at the same time anyway. So more people, by the way, if you just have your general, this is how I feel about it, positive, negative areas that you're going to still need to have questions answered before you feel fully good about it, feel free to sound off here. You've got the room. Might as well use it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, Joseph, I think we're up to you. Yes. My, I hey. have three yeah. questions. Um, will they be li- the telecasts? Will they be live in stadium or are they going to be like Fox in a station or do we not know that? Um, when do they think they're going to know that? Because I really hate Fox's broadcast. Um, <laughs> Contrasting points. That's good, though. That's that's good. Some people are praising Foxes. Um, I, live in stadium, uh, also a good question. I think that's to be determined as well. Um, keep going. Uh, keep going. Uh, did Arlo White already get notification and he just uh, – because I'd be willing to spend $10 extra if Arlo White is like the national broadcast dude, um, mm. just like NBC used to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then my yeah, final yeah. question is – Will they have content on other services, kind of like what F1 does with Netflix to drive people to their subscription? Mm, Mm. Yeah, these are all really good questions. Um, 
in terms of if they're going to be in stadium or if they're going to be watching off of a you know off of a tv monitor you use fox as an example i know it's something that a lot of mls clubs have switched to doing since the pandemic started to cut down on travel they will have a lot of their commentary teams watching from a monitor uh every commentator hates it <laughs> i have yet to speak to a single play-by-play -play or color commentator who likes to a similar extent the experience of calling a game off of a feed. So I agree with you. I think that that's something that's important. Arlo White, uh, it's unclear who all of the voices that you're going to be hearing on this Apple TV package will be. Um, obviously, he's got his uh, his golf gig. Uh, it's a controversial one. He also made some comments on his first broadcast uh, about a Chicago reporter, um, about someone having a campaign saying that he shouldn't be calling Chicago Fire games anymore in the wake of this deal. Uh, I don't know if that changes his standing, but he is, like you said, a very, very respected, beloved, established soccer voice in North America based on the back of his work calling the Premier League for NBC. And then I guess also his role on Ted Lasso, which everyone, everyone loves Ted Lasso, I guess. Um, so, you know, to be determined who these people will be, I agree with you. When Arlo White was announced to be leaving NBC and Peter Drury was going to take over as that main voice, my first thought was, probably part of whatever MLS does nationally, uh, but it's still be, to be determined. So, and, and as your, uh, your last question here, um, other streaming platforms, I mean, ESPN does have, for example, an LAFC documentary from the 2019 season, their first, or 2018 season, excuse me, their first season about the making of the club. I would imagine they're not gonna be forced to take that off of the waves. Uh, the reality is there isn't much independent, standalone, non-game related, MLS content out there. Independent creators on YouTube is one thing, but if you're talking about using the example of F1, Netflix having a series, but the race is being shown on another platform, uh, it's unprecedented in Major League Soccer. There isn't really that critical mass of content on other services. So it would be a new step, very likely, if you were gonna see that happen, but I think that that would be a good step. That's necessary. The more content you have, the more people get into your sport. NFL films set the blueprint when they started doing their thing. Um, we'll see if Major League Soccer moves in that direction. Uh, Rose, you're up next. Um, hi, my question is about um, how this is going to be. Since it's a streaming platform, we do a lot of watch parties um, in bars. Um, yeah. How are public places, bars, that kind of place, going to be handling this exactly? <laughs> it's a great question, Rose. And uh, you're actually uh, teeing up a piece that I wrote today that's going to be out either this evening or tomorrow about things that consumers are going to want from this, things they'll be excited about, things that they'll be missing about ESPN Plus, all this case. One of the main things that I touch on in this piece is it's very hard to help a bartender on service where they're not usually the AV operator <laughs> at the bar suddenly walking them through, no, you log into Paramount Plus, okay? And then you scroll through, you go to the National Women's Soccer League, okay? And then you click on this game. And now we're watching the game instead of saying, hey, it's on channel 347 or whatever. Um, MLS and Apple are going to need to have, in my opinion, some sort of guidance that they can be having a handy laminate next to every register in every bar that shows sports in the country saying this is how you access Major League Soccer and Apple TV Plus. Uh, I think that it's going to be mandatory because like you said, for those watch parties, it's difficult. Not every bar has the capability to stream and show a live sporting event. That's just not realistic. Um, if a game was on ESPN Plus, in my experience anyway, usually you were SOL. 
So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what comes of it. Um, I think it's something that they're going to be facing pressure for. I think only having, let's say, 25 games on an ESPN affiliate and then having another handful on Univision, that's not a lot of games where then it becomes very difficult to grow a following. But keep in mind, I mean, it's going to be difficult for them to keep a local following. Because if you don't have local broadcasts, you lose local advertising streams. And they weren't the most lucrative, right? Usually a local partnership is going to make less than a national partnership. Uh, that's just the way business works. But if you have fewer of those, I think that you'll see fewer sponsors wanting to chip in locally because they won't get airtime on a Bally sports platform, on a local sports channel, whatever the case may be. Um, if it's not on the airwaves and it's not something you can just throw on at a bar because that channel usually shows sports and, hey, it happens to be soccer this time, you lose a chance to get a few casual in-market fans interested in your team as well. It's a gamble, but it's one that Apple and Major League Soccer think is worth taking. Um, Alex, you're up. Um, so I had a question about um, is if there would be a possibility to do more on-demand streaming. Uh, some of us uh, have mm. kiddos uh, that you know, mm -hmm. might not be able to stay up for some of these bedtimes. And something that was handy for ESPN Plus was that you could start the game at different times. So thanks. Yeah. That was all my question. It, no, that's it's an important one, too, because, I mean, trust me. I don't have kids, but it's my job to watch Major League Soccer, right? And I'm not always going to be able to watch every single game live. So I'm with you. This is essential. And I think it's something that MLS also recognizes as being near mandatory uh, for any of its services. MLS Live, again, the predecessor to ESPN Plus, where they had all their games, you could watch every single game on demand. ESPN Plus, same thing, right? I think it's like, what, a two to four week window. I think it varies from time to time, but you have a window to watch a game. And I would think similarly, that'll need to be part of this. I, I'm looking at, you know, the Apple, um, yeah, the, the Apple TV app right now. Um, and you can see baseball games because they're showing Major League Baseball. And if you search, you can watch games from the last few weeks as well. And I would imagine that that same situation will be the case for Major League Soccer. Um, yeah, if you have any other thoughts here, um, Feel free to uh, either join in the chat or join in the uh, stage here to be able to speak. Um, like I said, Paul Tenorio and Sam Stasekel put together an everything you need to know sheet that went live within the last hour. So go ahead on The Athletic and check that out. You can check it out at The Athletic SCCR feed. It's been retweeted as well as their personal accounts. I have something that should be coming out soon within the next 12, 16 hours, whatever, about what fans should be looking for tapping into some data that I picked up when I did a survey of North American soccer viewership. Um, that was in March, I believe in 2,201 um, soccer fans responded to that. And so we're going to pull some data from that in terms of what's important and what's not. Uh, Philip. Uh, I'm wondering if this now that, you know, the league goes back to, back to my uh, TV deal, uh, mm -hmm. ESPN and Fox. I wonder if the league goes now and opens it up to NBC and CBS um, because, you know, I'm sure they wanted to be partners with those two uh, entities, but they didn't mm -hmm. want to give them the money. So I wonder if this now opens it up for a short term deal um, for other other major providers, seeing how CBS has nothing on Saturdays now. Um, right. And NBC is kind of, you know, been dipping its toes every now and then into the soccer market. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like it's a necessary question, right? Like, if you want some national games, you can't only have, for example, MLS Cup live on an app, 
you need it on TV. <laughs> you need to have your title game be on the airwaves somewhere, somehow, in my opinion, anyway. But of course, that might be dated. I'm 28 years old. I'm old school money, apparently. So, um, yeah, there's a, I think that there's a necessity there. Um, NBC had not shown any interest at any point of the bidding war at the early part of 2022. So I would be very surprised to see them uh, make a play at this point. CBS similar, but I mean, look, like, like you said, like if you're just doing a short-term deal, if you're just trying to get a couple of marquee games, that's an easier thing to swallow than MLS asking, Hey, can you put every single game on Paramount plus as well, or on Peacock or whatever. Um, But of course, then that'll also come down to what are the specific terms that we're not going to be publicly released between MLS and Apple in terms of one, how many partners Two, how much do they get? And three, uh, how does that revenue work? Um, it's going to be a good revenue stream. I would not a good one. I mean, it's going to be a smaller. It's going to be a sliver of what it was in the previous deal. Because keep in mind, the last MLS TV contract was negotiated as a package deal um, under Soccer United Marketing, some, if you will, uh, to have U.S. soccer games as well. Those are gone. Those are probably more lucrative to a lot of broadcasters like CBS and NBC than Major League Soccer's regular season understandably. And those ratings are also going to come into play in terms of who's interested in over-the-air broadcasting, because they're not investing in the streaming package. They're not investing in the independent content that they can put out Monday through Friday. Um, They would only be investing in the live game that is the game of the week, if you will, and whether or not it's worth it to them. Their money, it's not mine. (laughs) Brad, it's up to you. Two questions. First question is, how much do you think MLS can get from the linear providers knowing that the games are simulcast on Apple? I mean, it's going to be a lot less, I think. And um, Correct. Second question. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Answer that one first. Yeah, okay. Uh, a lot less. <laughs> like you said, I think that, uh, I mean, it takes away from the exclusivity. And I think that the big thing when you're a rights holder, if you have the exclusive rights to a certain match, that is going to be worth much, much more than having a simulcasted version of it, whatever the sport is. So I would guess that it would be a sliver of it. Again, not having the U.S. men's and women's national teams as part of a package deal is also going to cut into this as well. Um, that is probably not going to be a headline-grabbing amount of money. Um, millions, yes, but I don't think it's something that you're going to be looking and saying, I can't believe MLS got that much for 25 to 30 marquee games of the week. Uh, you said you had second question right. yeah how many subscriptions do you think they need to get to get the upside of the deal they didn't say and i don't know if that's if anyone's uh... yeah no that's a that's, that's an important question too um and just using back of napkin math uh sam stasekel and i were trying to figure that out because if you're getting 250 million dollars and let's say uh, you know, it's just as simple as five fifty, six dollars a month, five dollars a month, whatever the case may be. That's a pretty standard introductory price for streaming services these days. You would need something like and production costs are going to be a different thing. Right. So so this mileage may vary. But if you're purely just doing the crude math again, back of napkin, you need something like four point two million subscribers <laughs> to break even. Um that's a lot. <laughs> uh, and if you look at the uh, audiences for any given MLS game, that's probably more than uh, you would ever expect to get from Major League Soccer, right? But the bet here by the league and by the streaming platform alike is that there will be enough interest in however they're presenting Major League Soccer that makes it necessary. And then you factor in the content you can only get. If you can watch, for example, every MLS Cup from 1996 onward, only through that, maybe they're going to be a couple people who are more inclined to pony up because they wanted to watch when Sporting Kansas City beat RSL on penalties in 2013. 
for example, right? So uh, it depends what they offer, but it's going to be millions. It's going to be a lot of subscribers and more subscribers than we've probably seen the bandwidth in the past. But you're factoring for the international audience as well. If you look at how many followers MLS has on Twitter, um, that's casual fandom, right? You're not paying money to follow on Twitter. I don't think that that Twitter blue or whatever it was called uh, did anything. <laughs> I, I certainly didn't pay a dime, but um, yeah, it's going to be a lot, lot, lot. And, you know, as uh, Nathan said, it's a commercial revenue as well. You're, you're looking for sponsorship considerations. Maybe there are people who find it more appealing to sponsor through Apple services than it is to sponsor through uh, over the airwave TV. There will be some people who look and say this is a, a more forward thinking investment on our part because, again, they will have the audience for 10 years on Apple. And um, I mean, Apple just has a different cachet than TV networks do, right? So uh, we'll see about that. Zachary, it's up to you. All right. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, my question is, will um, Apple include perks and sales promotions when it comes to customers looking to buy Apple products such as iPhones, laptops, if they were mm -hmm. to throw in um, a free one-year subscription to um, the MLS package? Yeah, it's a great question. And I mean, frankly, my answer is they should. <laughs> like it, it's to be determined, um, but they really, really should. I think you look at things like, um, let me see, T-Mobile has had various perks in the past with their, you know, uh, T-Mobile Tuesdays or whatever it's called, where you can get a free month of MLB.TV or you can get a free month or six months or however much it was to the athletic uh, they did once or twice. So um, it's necessary, right? Like if you open up your new, Apple AirPods Pro or whatever, and you get a month of MLS access, like you're just going to punch in the code mindlessly and you grow your audience that way. And people say, hey, this is kind of interesting or I like soccer. I might as well check this league out. It's not as bad as I thought it was. Um, again, it, we're not talking a top five league in the world. So you're always, when you're trying to get people interested in the league, it's always about more than the on-field product. And so this goes back to how are they going to package it? How good is the studio pregame, postgame, uh, halftime, whip around, all of that stuff. Um, that's going to be essential. But if you do have, again, my MacBook Pro comes with a free month of MLS Live or whatever, uh, that's worthwhile. That's necessary. And that's a good way for Apple to immediately say we're getting something back because we are keeping people engaged within the Apple uh, multiverse of products, I guess. Um, they got rid of the iPod so that they could bring in Major League Soccer, basically. So how will this impact roster construction? Um, maybe not as much as people had hoped initially, if I'm being completely honest. I think that it's a good number. Paul Tenorio breaks down this in San Francisco as well in that primer. Uh, and so they have the exact numbers, but essentially it's not going to be this, like we're doubling the salary cap sort of moment, right? Like, will it be in the form of TAM or overall cap space? In my opinion, the league needs more cap space than it needs allocation money. Um, but will that be how this comes together? Uh, time will tell. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's still much more. It is more that will also be in the pockets of the players on the back of how they renegotiated the collective bargaining agreement. Ethan Finley, winger of Austin FC, formerly of Minnesota United and the Columbus crew, uh, is part of the players association executive board. And he put out a tweet about, um, the importance of understanding just how much production costs will be, because that will cut into how much is kicked back to the players, 
Um, so that's something that's going to be interesting. And I'm sure that uh, one way or another that is going to be figured out sooner than later. Um, but that's another place where the money's going to go, right? It's not just into the clubs. It's not just into the rosters. It's back to the players, which is good, uh, which is a good way to, um, you know, kind of retroactively make up for what were some really meager salaries, especially in the league's first 15 years or so. Um, but we'll see how much of it actually goes back into that. Um, breaks to schedule, could you see the restructuring of the conferences going to divisions maybe? I think it's a good question. Um, I think that of a league of 30, yes, there's the ALNL precedence in Major League Baseball, but baseball's not soccer. <laughs> and if you have a supporter shield, if you have a regular season champion of some kind, any kind, you need some sort of competitive balance in order to say this was a worthwhile trophy to hand out. And um, I think that the more that you bloat groups, the harder it is to ensure that balance. Um, before every season, in the middle of every season, whatever, one conference inevitably looks more difficult than the other one. Either they have six teams that look like they could compete to make it to MLS Cup, or they have two. Usually we run into this problem. You'll probably see it around August or September. No, I mean, well, MLS is done by the end of October this year, right? You'll probably see it by the end of July or early August, which conference truly looks stronger this year. Um, but I've thought that MLS for a while is long overdue to either go into a central conference and then be able to have 10-10-10, or as you're saying, split it into divisions, which usually means you have groups, you know, six groups of five or whatever. The USL did something like this during COVID, and then they went right back to the open table, and they were a league which at one time was larger than Major League Soccer, likely will be um, halfway through this Apple deal. Um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. And uh, I think that rearrangement, recalibration is something that MLS has done on the fly in the past. Certainly there was a, an era of MLS for sporting Kansas city and the Houston dynamo were basically alternating conferences every single year as new expansion teams would come in. Nashville, of course, was going to start in the Western conference. COVID pushed them to the East. And then when Charlotte launched, they went back to the Western conference. Um, so we'll see here. Uh, will Apple be selling ads? Uh, I mean, you'd have to imagine so, right? Sponsorship considerations are a big way that you can make up for how much you're investing on the front end of these sort of broadcast deals. Um, and there will have to be some sort of negotiating within that deal done um, between Major League Soccer and Apple in terms of how much goes back to the broadcaster, the provider, Apple in this case, and how much stays with Major League Soccer. Um, I think at this point, I'm, uh, I'm going to go eat dinner. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for uh, hopping on, everyone. This was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully this was informative. And uh, like I said, Sam Stasco, Paul Tenorio, having everything you need to know about the front end of this. I've got some other things that you're going to want to keep in mind over the coming months that will be worth following as Apple and Major League Soccer figure out um, what's going on with this future of the league. But yeah, major day for Major League Soccer here. Uh, thank you for subscribing to The Athletic. If you do, if you don't, uh, you get soccer coverage. It's pretty cool. You also get every single sport in the world. Um, and that's pretty cool, too. So thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah, have a good rest of your day.